What's up, everybody? It is Casey with Two Worlds Podcast, and with me, as always, is the llamas to my Carl. It's Jake. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. Is that an Aqua Teen reference? Uh, it's a little show from our youth called Jimmy Neutron. Carl was obsessed with the llamas, oh. very much as I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you you are just smooth as butter. <laughs> I mean, I try. I mean, honestly, I feel like I'm chunky as peanut butter, but whatever. <laughs> well, you're my little husky boy. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get into some news. There's actually so much this week. I know. Whatever the opposite of a slow news day. That's what, that's what this <laughs> week was. Um, so first thing, I'm excited about this. I kind of mentioned earlier like about this thing called Godzilla Singular Point. It's an anime. It's coming to Netflix. It's already out in Japan. I'm doing like my the most to you know try to avoid spoilers. Uh, it's actually going to be released June 24th, 20 days after my birthday. They got my birthday wrong. It's fine, Netflix, but <laughs> it's going to be out in America and everywhere else. I'm excited. Sweet. That's that's it. That's all I got to say. Oh. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I kind of thought maybe you were going to, you normally talk about Godzilla a lot. So, well, no, I mean, it's just, I know a lot of like, there's little spoilers that I know about. And it's like, it makes me mad that I follow all these different kaiju things out there. But, you know, yeah, it is what it is. Well, I hope it's good, man. Me too, buddy. All right. So the series everyone asked for, Winter Guard, is getting a mini this August by writer Ryan Cady and artist... Did I I don't know if I if I if it's supposed to say jam or if I misspelled Jim uh Basil Dua. So if you love Winter Guard like we all do, then uh check out that miniseries. That's gonna be my jam for sure. <laughs> all right, so um Jessica Cruz is going to get her own book. That's the exciting part of it. It's going to be a young adult series that it's basically one of those, another one of those ones where it's like, oh yeah, we're going to use the character's name, but we're not going to use the actual character. When I was reading I, cause I saw this, I was all excited. I'm going to find the, I have the characters up here. It's uh, Lillian Rivera and artist Steph C. They reimagined one of DC's greatest green lanterns, Jessica Cruz to tell a story about immigration, family and overcoming fear to inspire hope. And it's like, you could just tell that story without reimagining jessica cruz you could even use jessica cruz to tell that story but it why reimagine her she's a pretty new character my my problem with that too is like okay say they love this young adult book and then they go to read her in the comics she's gonna be nothing like what they just read yeah and then i also read and that by the way that was from amazon that little description but then i also read like in an interview the person was like yeah we're making this green lantern book more grounded it's like oh boy the thing with the magical alien space ring is gonna become more grounded that's exactly what you want from this yeah <laughs> so yeah i'm yeah. i was i was excited until i read about it then i was like oof but at I the same time 
we're grown men complaining about young adult novels. So it's like, well, uh, I think, I think I have a right to complain of the two of us because if someone comes in and is like, Hey, I read this and I want more. What else should I read? I'll be like, well, it's not going to be you. (laughs) It's not going to be what you want. I mean, if I were you, I just point them in the direction of the, uh, of that other, it was like the, I think it was another young, young adult one, but it was like the, uh, kid green lantern that was in the, uh, that DC Chinese celebration one because yeah. they had their own like mini young adult novel too. That'd be the only thing I could think of to point them in. Speaking of these, I got a poster um, at the shop this week for the poison Ivy one that's coming out, the whatever it's called thorns. Yeah. And uh, like poison Ivy is like kissing this other lady on it. That's mm-hmm. like, what about all the like Harley stuff? I mean, couldn't they use that? Or I don't know. It's just like conflicting <laughs> with what yeah. they've got going on in the normal stuff. Yeah, because like they're they're building up something with uh, with Harley, and Harley still clearly cares about her at least in the Batman title. And then you know this book comes out and it's about Ivy and her other girlfriend. I mean, maybe it's it. I mean, I a hundred percent think that that book is gonna be like, oh, it's her, you know, when she was still because like it's a young adult book, so it's like when she was a you know regular human. This was the girl that you know, and then then she turned into this green thing, and then oh, but oh wait, turns out they still love each other, that type of stuff. Right. And if I just spoiled that book, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert, Casey wrote that book under a yeah. pen name. <laughs> My pen name, if I had if I could pull it up, I'd say it really quick. <laughs> Anywho, um one that I saw a little bit uh, ago today. So Penguin Random House is actually going to offer comic supplies um in, in the form of bags and boards and boxes, which I think is fine, I guess, if you don't have like a local place. Uh, that does those things but i probably like unless their prices are just insane i'll just stick to like the local place that i use because i like to support them but yeah uh anyway that was announced today so that's cool like yeah i i mean you're already wearing the penguins hat so you're already all in on the penguin random house i can tell (laughs) but (laughs) but it's like i could very well see them just since they are you know, basically like Walmart levels, you know, like as far as being like bigger, they could, they could easily price gouge those other people, which would be, you know, probably too bad. Right. So this is like one of those things where I got really excited and then less excited and then even less excited about as it went, as the more I heard about it, but a new Batman animated series came out. It's coming out. It's going to be with Bruce Tim producing it along with Matt Reeves and, jj abrams it's gonna be on hbo max and it's like when i first heard this like oh, J- what? get jj abrams out of stuff but then like someone in the comments are like and for just so you know for those that are excited about bruce tim he also was a producer on the killing joke and i didn't watch that one but when you have a you have a comic book movie that has barbara gordon having sex with batman on a rooftop not good so i mean you have that and jj abrams together 
But see, J.J. Abrams is a producer on like a lot of upcoming DC stuff. I think he's just throwing money at it. I don't think he's like creatively involved. Well, he's he signed a big production deal with Warner Brothers, so they're just putting him in different stuff. And it's like, I I bet yeah, he's creative creatively involved because he seems like the type of person that would want to at least like, oh well, guys, listen to me. And it's like, we shouldn't listen to him. No one should. He's terrible. <laughs> I don't know. I guess we'll find out uh, as things happen, what he's involved yeah. in. But I don't know. Um, let's see. Speaking of things I'm not excited for. Um, the next Batman is getting yet another new series from John Ridley. It's called I Am Batman. And, uh, you know, John Ridley won blandest comic award of 2020. Um, he's pushing hard for 2021. So I think he can probably do it again. Back to back champ there. Um, it's, you know, it's like Shang-Chi. We've got three freaking series for this character in the same year. <laughs> Just Yeah, okay, so this this is basically they're doing the Marvel way then, right? It's not yeah. like he's getting two separate titles. Correct. Oh, okay, okay. When you first said he's getting another book, I'm like, oh, crap. They're just giving Don Ridley two books now? <laughs> no, that would be insane but yeah. i still think it's mildly insane <laughs> i mean it kind of is but i think i really do think they're just looking at what marvel's doing and they're going yeah six issues or however many that's enough and then we can just title it something slightly different get a new number one out of it and keep going that way well i don't want dc to go the marvel way <laughs> yeah but the one hope and this is the one one minor hope that i have for it is like at least this way they can take bigger risks on i mean not not batman characters but i mean like we would you know before we wouldn't have gotten to and it, we, we've been pronouncing his name wrong this whole time shang chi series oh because like we wouldn't have been getting that back in the day when they were just trying to do one whole long series because after the first one failed they wouldn't renumber it you know what i mean so like I get where it's really annoying because it is, but at the same time, at least like these B and D tier, you know, D to B tier characters can still get books. And the reason why I know Shang-Chi's name is because men's health did a thing where it worked out with the lead actor from the movie. And he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, like Brian and I play Shang-Chi in the upcoming Shang-Chi movie. And I'm like, I've been wrong for my whole life that I've known this character. I'm probably just gonna keep saying Shang Chi because <laughs> it's enough. too ingrained in my brain yeah. at this point. Uh, I'll do it without thinking. But the difference is, Shang Chi books are good. Yeah. And no, I mean the I Am Batman ones have they haven't been bad. They're just not good. I know. I'm just saying, like the long run, like this is a way that we could get. You know, like some of the, like a Zatanna series again by doing this, this type of thing. That's all I'm saying. Where before it's just like it would get canceled and then they would just drop everything they're doing. Like at least this way now they're like, okay, we can just say we're done after six issues, wait three months and then bring it back. Right. 
So um, I was talking about the Batman series. When that was announced, they also announced a new Superman cartoon series called My Adventures with Superman, set to air on Cartoon Network and HBO Max, and it's going to be starring Jack Quaid. It looked like they are going, uh, like, they got a black dude to be Jimmy and an Asian chick to be Lois. And... Again, I don't like Jack Quaid as Superman. It's going to be weird. It uh, doesn't look like something I'm going to be too excited to watch, but we'll see. I really don't have any. I didn't see anything on this. So until I see like a trailer or something, I have no input. Yeah, I just I just saw the one art and then like people were it was funny because it's like people that don't know comics or like the you know the outrage that the comic book community has over stuff were like getting mad that people were mad that Jimmy Olsen was black again and then they're like look at this and they had like all these different actors that played Jimmy Olsen including Zack Snyder's Jimmy Olsen like you know which one people are getting mad about huh it's the black one it's like well actually if you remember right myself included I was I'm still salty over Jimmy Olsen and Superman versus Batman like I like, like I'm actually gonna say I like Snyder, Zack Snyder. Now, I I want to smack him for that one. So, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you don't you don't know. You're just trying to just trying to make this into a race thing, person that's talking on the internet. Yeah, that is silly. I you know, I don't know. Is it gonna be one of those things where like, well, Jimmy was a black guy in the Supergirl show, so now like live action going forward, he's gonna be sort of thing, you know? Or he might be. Like, I don't know. I think, I think it's. I'm gonna say this. I think it's kind of weird that they took that they that they're doing. They're making Jimmy black, but they're not giving him like a bigger role. Like, if you want to make Jimmy black, fine, but make him as weird as he is in the comics. So it's at least fun. Like just making him like, Oh gosh, Superman, you know, like that. It, right. Like because the one in Supergirl was just this like big hunk of a guy who's like, <laughs> you know, like not, not a goofball in any way. Yeah. It's like, well that, I mean, that's just not Jimmy. Yeah. He's so James. Mean. He's James Olsen. That's what they <laughs> called him. It's like, come on geez like yeah you need you need jimmy to be like a super dork and then i also like i'll be honest i want a jimmy olsen animated tv show that's very much like the stuff i've seen online i've not read a lot of the old jack kirby and then the matt fraction run i want that the super Ants pal like crazy like the levels of insane tv like animated tv show that the DN alien. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you me- do you remember back when Cartoon network was doing those shorts and it had like animal man and all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. If they did. Fun. Yeah. If they did that, like just a Jimmy Olsen type thing like that, that'd be perfect. Yeah, I agree. All right. So a not fun thing for shop owners. Uh, Diamond has cut marvel retail discounts and that's going to start in october we kind of saw it coming but uh it's still going to suck and it really doesn't help any shops uh stick around at diamond in my opinion yeah so 
when you when you first wrote that the notes i read it as oh they're cutting it even more like they're making their discounts even better so i was like well this might make jake stick with diamond even though they've been terrible oh no but then, nothing could do that yeah. unless it was free <laughs> yeah so i was like i was like oh this this would be interesting to hear his opinion on it but then when you said they're just getting rid of him like do they know how business works like do right. they think they're good <laughs> i i think they're just the, the next thing we hear about diamond is that they're done like yeah <laughs> but anyway okay so while on the animation wagon uh an injustice animated series is now in the works there's no release date but they're going to be basing it off of the games and off the comics so it's going to be kind of something in between which i think just kind of like they say that but i think it just means they're going to be doing their own thing to be honest but it should be cool <coughs> Yeah, I whenever I first saw the article, I didn't see the animated part. I was like, they're doing a live action injustice. <laughs> but uh, I think it works better as an animated film. Yeah, for sure. I, that'd be hilarious if that's how they're like, yeah, this is how we are going to be using Henry Cavill from now on, just by making him the worst version of Superman. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, a small thing I just wanted to mention for this week, Berserk creator Kentaro Miro had passed away, which is sad. I watched Berserk back in college in like a weekend and it scarred me. <laughs> I had to like sit in a cold shower and think about life after finishing that show. It was like really, it really messed me up, but uh, you know, Anybody that's even like heard of anime pretty much knows Berserk, at least in name. So it was kind of a big deal that uh, Kentaro passed away. So rest in peace. I remember I, I had one DVD of that show and I think I watched it like maybe sophomore year of high school. And I was like, this is awesome. And then I've read some of the other stuff that happens and I'm like, I'm glad I didn't keep up with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the round Robin had the DC's round Robin has finished or not finished, but it's in the last round and it's set up between Robins surprising no one and suicide squad seven really surprising no one. So I have a feeling Robins is going to win, but you know we'll see i think so too but as we've mentioned several of these will will win in the end by getting made so i really think all of them will in some way or another you know yeah all right there's going to be a new defenders miniseries by casey's favorite writer al ewing and art will be done by Javier Rodriguez, and that's coming out in August. I don't know Boy. what the team is, but uh, yeah, I bet you, I bet you, it'll have a bunch of characters that will make people go, "Oh wow, he's so brave putting them in there," but then he actually won't develop them because he's not a good writer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, uh, I'm still salty. Um, so Advil L Arbe and Dela Fala. I'm probably butchering their names and I apologize, uh, but they're the directing duo behind bad boys for life have been hired to direct a new back movie. I really don't. I think this is the only thing I've heard about this movie, but 
I heard that movie was the Bad Boys for Life was a lot of fun, and I think a Batgirl movie just needs to be a lot of fun. So let's hope that it's going to be good. While you were saying that, I was trying to look up if uh, if the team had been announced for that Defenders book, and it has. The team will be Doctor Strange, Silver Surfer, Red She-Hulk, the Masked Raider, and Cloud. Cool. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a book that I would have checked out if anyone else was writing it. Hallie yeah. keeps kicking my comics. The Masked Raider looks really cool. Like, the art looks great, but, you know. Yeah, whatever. I don't think I've ever even seen the Master Raider before. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a character that you would like if you Google it. You'd be like, yeah, yeah. I read a book about that character just on looks alone. Yeah. Um, all right. There, there's lots of new comics announced for August, and so uh, we're gonna get a new Dark Hawk series, but a new character is taking up the mantle. That's going to be written by Kyle Higgins, and uh, the art will be done by Juan and Ramirez, and that is also coming out in August. So if you like Dark Hawk or have never read Dark Hawk, this is probably a pretty good place to jump on if you want to check it out, being a new character and all that. Speaking of comic books coming out in August, J.H. Williams and W. Hayden uh, Blackman, they worked on... Uh, Batwoman together, the new 52 Batwoman that everyone that read it loved. I think Jake even read it and he loved it. Um, they are going to launch Echo Lands, a series this August. It's a image book. That's all I really know, but people are tweeting about it. Excited. I didn't read Batwoman because my comic book shop was sold out like the first three issues when that was coming out. So I was just like, well, that's not a thing I'm going to get to read. But yeah, that should be pretty exciting. It is cool to see them working together again. And yeah, J.H. Williams is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And if anything, it's going to be a gorgeous book. Yeah. So. Okay, my last bit of news. So Dungeons & Dragons is celebrating one of their big franchise characters, Drizzt Duerden, all summer long. So far, Um what we know is that there's going to be a new animated short written by the character's creator, R.A. Salvatore. He did a huge line of Drizzt novels. And uh, so he's going to be writing that. And then the short will be narrated by Benedict Cumberbatch. It's going to be called Sleep Sound. And uh, more will be announced later on that whole summer event. So pretty exciting stuff, honestly. Um, yeah. You know, being narrated by a, a big name like that is cool. Being written by the creator is cool. And any D&D like animated short, sign me up. <laughs> yeah, I will say it's disappointing. It's not Joe Manganiello. I bet you he's probably like yelling to his, his uh, you know, manager that he didn't get the job. <laughs> well, I think... I think Wizards of the Coast is trying to make this like a pretty big uh, summer thing. So he could probably be a part of something else that's coming up. He more than likely is because he talks like he goes on like dang Jimmy Kimmel and whatnot. And he'll just be talking about that crap. So, yeah, yeah, I bet bet he will be then. I didn't know how big of a how big of a deal this is going to (laughs) be. Yeah. 
All right. So uh, speaking of sexy men, Henry Cavill is set to star in the Highlander remake, which that should be pretty awesome. I remember watching Highlander when I was a kid and even watching the TV show when I was a kid. So it should be pretty cool. There can only be one. We'll see how it goes. Absolutely. Uh, Titan season three. It's got a release date. It's going to be out in August on HBO Max. How excited are you on a you know scale of one to three? <laughs> <laughs> well, gosh, I guess a three. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited. Um, Dwayne, the rock of Shazadam Johnson has been cast as the voice of crypto, the super dog and DC's upcoming animated film, DC league of super pets. And so I think that's going to be pretty hilarious. And I'm really excited for his men's health, you know, thing on his workout to get ready to become <laughs> the super dog. He'll be like, yeah, this is the, this is my craziest role yet. I had to wake up and just sit in a cage all day. And then I <laughs> did 500 pushups or whatever stupid crap he does. And it's like, I was clanging and banging and whatever. Uh, so this is a really exciting for me, probably just me, but uh, venture brothers, it got canceled, but now they're actually making a movie. It's going to be on HBO max. It's probably not going to come out for like another five years with how that show animates and stuff. But yeah, it's actually coming out, so that's going to be really cool. And along with it, our Metal Eclipse and Aqua Teen Hunger Force are both getting movies too. Those two, I'm not that excited about. The last Aqua Teen Hunger Force movie, I was like, man, after the first 15 minutes, I was like, this should be over already. So that was pretty rough. I've never watched Metal Eclipse, but I know the fans are like super crazy about it. So that should be pretty exciting. Then we also got the first look at Jordan Fisher as Impulse. Uh, I'm just gonna like because he's like supposed to be an action shot and uh, it looked bad like and I 100% am blaming the picture though I do think in action it's gonna look a lot better but like the picture he kind of looked like he was in big head mode like they kind of like it looked like they tried to like you know uh, photoshop it some to like make it look cooler but it just made it look worse did you happen to see it yeah I'm gonna be honest with you when I saw it I thought it was a joke yeah, like it it doesn't look good, but I do think it's going to look better in the sh- actual show. Like they were trying to make it like this, like, and so I always complain when like they do, oh, it's just a guy, you know, them standing there with a white background. They actually gave it like, you know, an action pose, but it looks real badly photoshopped and does not look good. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> it, it, yeah. I agree with you that it will look better in the show. But I don't think really any of the Flash TV show like promotional photos have looked good because all of them are trying to do the run thing. And yeah, you just can't make that look great. Yeah, no, that's 100% a fact, man. Then my last bit of news, uh, Michael Walsh. I had talked about how he tweeted out uh, like an image black cover. It had uh, Joshua Williamson's name on it. Well, now it's he tweeted out again, but this time it's got even more names. So it's Williamson. Uh, Ram V, Matthew Rosenberg, and Vita Aoli. And everyone is thinking it's going to be more silver coin, which that's a killer lineup. And I missed out on the first silver coin, not on purpose. So hopefully I don't miss I out on this some, one. So just, oh, yeah. 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 Let me know. Yeah. All right. I'll try to remember. Um, yeah. So, like, it, 
if, th- if that is, like, I'll have to try hard to remember that it was, you know. Yeah, because uh, I don't really know Zdarsky. what this book is. I know that Zadarsky writes it, but is it short stories or? Yeah, it's, the way I understood it, it's like a horror type anthology that, like, the only thing that really connects them is the same coin. And so, like, one of them they're like rock and roll people like find the coin and then you know it's like a monkey like it sounds like it's kind of like a monkey's paw type of thing where like they make a wish their wish comes true but it's not that you know like it's not like that's how i understood it i could be butchering it because i've not read it but right it sounded neat right on all right well i think that finally brings us to the end of the news this week so we're going to go ahead and take our ad break and then we'll come back and talk about at least I have a massive stack of comics. <laughs> yeah, I got a got an okay size one too. All right, we will be right back. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to our ad. Casey, let's hear Sorry, the, uh, so some product placement. <laughs> yeah, you were. You're taking a drink. I'll tell you the comics I read. So I've got Sonic the Hedgehog 39. Silk 2 from like several weeks ago. <laughs> Star Wars number 13. Black Knight Curse the Ebony Blade number 3. Legends of the Dark Knight number 1. Shang-Chi number 1. Wolverine number 12. Mighty Valkyries number 2. Catwoman 31. And Wonder Girl number 1. Okay. And I have Ultraman, number three, Flash, 770, Daredevil, 30, Fantastic Four, Life Story, number one, the 60s, Runaways, 36, Ultra Mega, number three, Shang-Chi versus the Marvel Universe, number one, Godzilla, Monsters and Protectors, number two, Wolverine, number 12, Wonder Girl, number one, and Catwoman, number 31. Okay, so we have four of the same? Yep. Cool. All right. I'll go first. Um, I'll just touch briefly on Sonic number 39. This was written by Evan Stanley, and the art was done by Evan Stanley and Riccardi Curry. So... Uh, Sonic, Tails, and Amy are still trapped in Robotnik's crazy robot experiment maze thing. And Robotnik is just like combining past uh, like mini boss robots together and then like throwing them at the trio and like controlling them via like VR headset to try and bring them down. And meanwhile, Tangle, or maybe, yeah, it's Tangle. Tangle and the new the new chick whose name I'm totally blanking on, uh, who looks like a wood puppet. They find this room full of portals, and Tangle is like, I'm just going to try one of these and go through and rescue Sonic, Tails, and Amy. So this, this issue is like almost all action, which is totally fine if you like cartoony action of Sonic the Hedgehog. So uh, it was really cool. I liked it. Probably give it like a seven. Nothing to write home about, nice. but tons of fun. Nice, dude. Yeah, like 
And yeah, you said the art's more cartoony. Like the cover art does look very sonicy, though. Like, is it? Yeah, like, like it's. I mean, that's the. Well, you can't even see it. That's the interior as well, which is. Yes. Which is what you want. Yeah, that's uh, that's not too bad then. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna show just show I every time I have to show off these covers because they're so dang cool. But my first book is Godzilla Monsters and Protectors. I get hooked up with the movie covers, and I love this cover. It's so dang good. So I fit honestly my favorite part of this book. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. But yeah, you have this the kid doing his YouTube show where it's like we you and me should really take notes because he's got it all down pretty well. Um but yeah, like there's different little things that kind of annoyed me just as a Godzilla fan, like the two little twins, like they're, they're riding a dang bird. They don't need to ride a bird. They have little Mothra's that they ride around on, like get out of here with that. But yeah, it kind of gives Godzilla's motivations why he's wanting to, you know, blow everything up. But uh, the next issue is going to have Biolante in it. It's looking like, which should be pretty awesome. Biolante is the cool, one of the coolest looking monsters from the Heisei era just like that's just a fact so it's gonna be really cool to see her and yeah like it's perfectly fine like jake said nothing i'd write home about it either and which is that's really disappointing to me since it's a godzilla book but at least i have a godzilla book now and that's all i really need (laughs) so i'm gonna give it a six out of ten but you know it is what it is it's fine yeah like if i didn't have such a massive amount I probably would have read it, um, but it just didn't make the cut this time. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> All right. I won't dwell too long on Silk number two because it is a few weeks old. I just want to say that I really like it. Um, I never thought I'd like a Silk book this much, mm-hmm. but uh, it's tons of fun. I'm still invested in what's going on with this drug stuff, and I like Silk at her job. And while she's a hero and the art's great. So um, this was like a nine for me. Yeah. And just good stuff. I hope Diamond sends me issue number three from last week soon. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I really love that issue too. Number like I thought it was great. I I'm like you, it's same exact thing you said. It, it and it's funny. Like it's still yeah. it's actually it's not like uh, it's not so much Silk herself is funny. It's just the different stuff that's going on was just really funny. And she's likable. That's one thing she's that I always like, you know, which just sounds stupid now I'm saying out loud. That's the one thing I like in my characters is them being likable. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, next up is The Trials of Ultraman, number three. And yeah, this this book is like just, it's like there's nothing that you can really go like, oh man, this is bad, but there's also nothing you can be like, Oh man, this is great. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the one thing that I am going to, like, it would be really cool in a movie if this happened. And it always is when it happens in a movie, like they're about to do this big, you know, there's a monster warning going off and they're going to go fight it. And then it cuts to this person, like with a camera strapped to their head and they're all talking. And then, Oh, they see Ultraman and Ultraman saves them. You know, like it's all from their perspective that works in a movie. It works less well in a comic when this comic, you're not really buying it, even though they seem to think that that you were buying it for them to talk, you know, we're not, we're buying it for the fights. And, you know, so that was a major letdown. 
And by the way, I did not say who wrote and drew Godzilla or this. I'm going to do that really quick. For Godzilla Monsters and Protectors, it was written by um, Eric Burnham with Dan Shewing on the art. And then The Trials of Ultraman was written by Kyle Higgins and Matt Groom with Francisco Mana on the pencils. And yeah, so it's a little, like I said, a little disappointing that they had this fight, but they're like more worried about like, nah, you're here for our storytelling. And no one is, at least in my opinion, because it's the storytelling is not that good. So that's that is a letdown. The art is still really good. And the storytelling is fine. So yeah, it's it's like just a C plus book. So I'm giving it a seven. Right on. Okay, so I will do Star Wars number 13, which is part of the War of the Bounty Hunters. This was written by Charles Soule and art by Ramon Rosanas. And uh, this was cool. It actually makes me want to read like the normal Star Wars uh, title. But uh, Luke is just training and... um, they come across this Wookiee that Chewbacca knows because this Wookiee claims to know where uh, where Han is. So uh, they go to Nar Shadda, which is where Boba Fett fought in that like arena thing. So it ties in there. Uh, they run into the Kanji gang, and the people are like. The kanji gang members are like oh well you have a lightsaber but that doesn't mean you're a jedi so let's get him and then luke does luke things and proves that he is a jedi which is always super fun to watch what, what's he do get his hand cut off <laughs> no he kicks their butts he kisses his sister yeah okay will you stop <laughs> uh anyway shenanigans happens and uh then some like unknown party claims to be in possession of han solo and then you know to be continued in the next issue but uh it was crazy fun the writing's really good charles soul of course mm-hmm. uh does a good job with these characters and in general and i really really liked it um so a good a good eight out of ten for me nice Okay, so um, I'll move my mic, see if it sounds better. Uh, next up is Flash 770. And then on this one, we have uh, Jeremy Adams writing with Jack Herbert, Brandon Peterson, and Kevin McGuire as art. And I'm not going to lie, this one was a blast. Like, this first issue of this series sucked. Like, it was bad. Not going to lie. But Y'all should keep reading this because it's so good. Yeah, um, this time, since Barry's basically do quantum leaping into different people's bodies, this time he hops into Jay Garrick's body during World War II. And him and the Golden Age Ray, which I didn't know anything about Golden Age Ray. I didn't even know he was a thing. He Maybe he's not, and they just made him up for this issue. I don't know. But they are going into secret mission to take back the spear of destiny, the spear that Pierce Christ sides going to make, you know, whoever has it can win the war and all that other stuff. And so they, they get captured though. Cause there's a Nazi that can like 
basically shut down people's powers. So Ray and Garrick are captured and then Wally takes over Garrick's body and Hitler then gets like speed force powers too, which that's one thing that I thought was cool. It's like so many times with like Marvel related stuff, they'll be like anymore. Not like back in the day they did all the time, but like they'll be like, we want to kind of stay away from the Nazis, which is like fair enough. But this one's like, no, we're going to have Hitler be one of the main bad guys in this, which I'm like, that's great. And so, yeah, like they come up with a way they beat him. and spoiler alert, Hitler explodes, which it's like, I'm kind of expecting Rip Hunter to come after Wally for messing up the timeline. Cause there's no way Hitler should explode from the speed force, but you know, like other than that, like it's super good. And it was kind of funny. Cause like, there's a part when like the guy's trying to take over, like, you know, stop, like they're taking over the Ray and uh, Wally's body with the spear, but only took over his conscious body. So Wally, since he was in control, lost, you know, conscious. And then, so Jay took back over. He's like Hitler and he runs up and punches him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, it's a blast. And the last page, I'm just going to show it because it's too, too fun. And I'm excited for it. He gets into the, the, uh, whatever the, a Legion of doom, like, but it's like the old school Legion of doom as zoom. And that's how it ends, which it's like, I don't know how he's going through the speed force with zoom since zoom uses the reverse speed force. Didn't you read Joshua Williamson's run? Come on, but I'm excited for it. And I'm giving this a 10 out of 10. Like when I read it, I'm like, this is just, I just said out loud, this is fun. I like that. <laughs> I'm glad it was like that for you, man. That sounds like a lot of fun. All right. So, Black Knight, Curse of the Ebony Blade, number three. This was written by Simon Spurrier, and the art was done by Sergio Davila. De De this was honestly probably the best issue of the series. Um, it still wasn't good, though. Let's see, Elsa Bloodstone is in this, and she's just like... She's she's got the pedal to the metal on the angst meter and just never nice. lets up. And like it's fine for a bit, but it's like, okay, she'll she'll lighten up at some point. She doesn't. It's just constant and it just gets old by like page three. Um but anyway, Dane and Elsa and this other lady that's been around and was like interviewing him in the first issue are trying to gather all the ebony artifacts. Um, what about the got, ivory ones? They're not concerned with those yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> so Dane's got the sword, and Mordred has the dagger and the shield. And in this issue, spoiler alert, Dane gets the chalice. And uh, there's also a flashback of one of Dane's ancestors fighting Thor. Um, and beats Thor, which I'm not cool with because he's like Spurrier is just making up power levels for Black Knights in this book that don't make any sense. She's like, oh, the more he gets hit, the stronger he gets. And then it's like, well, the, the more angry and sad he is, the stronger he gets. And, it, you know, it's just whatever he, it needs him to be in this issue is how strong he is. And apparently this time it's 
to kick the crap out of Thor. Did he cut his hair, make him not look like a, such a hippie? No, he just like dang hits Mjolnir with the sword and then throws Thor back into a pile of rubble and knocks him out. Yeah, sword beats hammer. Have you ever played the hammer? The, the classic sword. game. Hammer, Jealous. sword, paper. Paper, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway. Uh, yeah. So Dane is fighting Mordred. And then he gets the chalice. So now each party has two of the four uh, ebony artifacts. So I guess that makes them uneven ground according to the rules of this issue. And then the chalice fills up with some mysterious liquid, and I, it's supposed to give Dane knowledge on whatever he wants to know. So uh, the last issue is him about to take a drink, and Mordred's like, uh, if he drinks this, it'll the knowledge will curse him or something like that. It's like, well, how many dang curses are in this series? Because <laughs> the how many times cursed. have you cursed about this series? Oh, off the podcast, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Four out of ten. It's the best yeah. one because the art's good and they're like the whole thing is like a big fight. But when it comes to the dialogue and the actual reasoning behind what's going on, it absolutely sucks. Yeah. All right. So on something that doesn't suck daredevil 30 by zadarsky and marco Ticetto with and mike hawthorne on the art and that's the one downside to this book um Ciccetto's art is fantastic and it's like some of the best art in comics right now so when i say this about um mike hawthorne i don't mean like any disrespect if this was just mike hawthorne's art i'd be like yeah this is good but going from Chichetto to Hawthorne, it's like, it's just so drastic that it, you know, like they don't have similar enough styles and you're like, oh, this just seems off. And it's not like, like I said, not a knock on Hawthorne. He's still good. But Chichetto is like goat levels good, in my opinion, you know? So it's just, it doesn't quite match up, but it had one of my favorite things I've read in a comic in a long time. And I'm just going to find and quote it. So Electra is going into this nightclub and the guy goes, she's like, let us in. And the guy goes, and why would we do that? Daredevil. And she goes, because my name is Electra Nachos and I own this building. It's like, that's true. Uh, don't you, don't you, shouldn't your, uh, secret identity like shouldn't that say secret and she goes why neither of my identities have anything to fear they create fear it's like dang and that is the most ba line i've read in a comic in so long <sighs> it was awesome but yeah the series as a whole you have you know Matt still being like, I need to be in prison because I was a bad guy. And they're trying to cut him a deal. There's some stuff going off Bullseye and Kingpin. Uh, and then this stuff with Electra and how she's like trying not to kill people to be a, you know, good person. She's also trying to teach this kid how to be a hero. And it's like, she's very much falling into like Matt Murdock type things while trying to help this kid. And, you know, people can talk about Spider-Man being bad luck peter and all this stuff 
he's got nothing on the bad luck department, you know, compared to Daredevil. And it doesn't really matter if it's Elektra or Matt, it turns out. They just have bad luck. <laughs> and yeah, the only like I said, the only downside is the art because it is just jarring jumping between the two. So for that, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Otherwise, it would be a 10. Like it was just consistent art. Like even if it was Hawthorne's art throughout, it would have been perfect. It's just you can't just go from Chichetto to someone else. It's just his stuff is too good. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you there, man. <clears throat> so did he just do like half of it, or was it flashbacks? Or it's it's just kind of like I think it was just the club scene, really, because it's like you go through like he did the cover, and then like yeah, it's like he does some of this stuff some of this stuff and then it'll go back to hawthorne randomly so it's just kind of yeah like you know it was just weird it was just kind of weird how they went about that okay all right legends of the dark knight number one i would love to tell you who wrote and drew it my dog's snoring so I don't know if you can hear that or not. I cannot. All right. It was written, oh, and drawn by Derek Robertson. Um, so I didn't really care for this, honestly. It was fine. But uh, there's like some crazy new gas that's very, very deadly to people in town. Um, and some guy wearing a gas mask is like, having this bidding war with some of Gotham's top criminals that also use gas. Uh, so they show Mr. Freeze, Joker, Scarecrow, and then they show Penguin and Riddler. Penguin is shooting some like gas out of the end of his umbrella, and Riddler is just like opening a box with some gas coming out. And I'm like... When I think of Gotham bad guys that use gas, Riddler and Penguin do not come to mind. See, Penguin I do get because, like, at least when I I remember as a kid, he always had, like, in the cartoon, he'd have the umbrella that would shoot gas every once in a while. I think it'd be really funny if, like, they started getting, like, weirder. Like, it was, like, Kite Man was next, and he's, like, on this kite that's got gas, and then, like, trying to think of, like, some other ones that don't make any sense, you know? Uh, Crazy Quilt. Yeah, Crazy Quilt. Um Oh, like Sportsmaster. <laughs> it's like, what? He's got like a badminton birdie and he hits it and it's just a gas everywhere. Top criminal here. <laughs> uh, so anyway, all that happens. Joker gasses some people and Batman drops in and tries to stop him. Joker escapes on a helicopter Batman grapples to said helicopter and then the helicopter goes down into like Gotham Bay and then it's like to be continued I guess like like Legends of the Dark Knight they're usually three issue arcs and then like a new creative team takes over I'm probably not going to read parts two and three uh, yeah. of this one it's just I don't know I mean, this could have been done by literally anyone. It was just like the most basic Batman yeah. story I've read in a while. It sounds a hundred percent like, like just from the little bit you described, it sounds like something that would be at the Walmart, you know, type of Batman story where yep. it's like, Oh yeah, we just want to throw in these characters that people know the story doesn't have to be good. We just want to kind of get people to pick it up at Walmart. 
Yeah, exactly. Now, if on issue like four through six, it's, you know, like Mark Wade or, you know, someone big, then I'll be like, all right, I'll check out this arc. Yeah. But uh, yeah, this is like a five or a six. How funny if the next issue was like, since they had all the characters in this one, if it was just like a deep dive in the psychology of Batman, it's like <laughs> him just like doing like, just like hardcore, like solving crimes, you know, like actual crimes, not like the, you know, crazy Joker stuff. It's like who murdered this kid's parents, you know, and like, he's just doing the detective work and stuff. And that's the whole, you're like, this is such a drastic change. <laughs> well i will never find out unfortunately (laughs) okay so next up is fantastic four life story one the 60s and so this is by mark russell with sean Izaxi on the art and so yeah you start with them like kind of coming up with their you know the whole rocket ship type stuff and like they don't have a they don't have a pilot they're they're just kind of like they get shut down because basically their ship has no is not aerodynamic at all and it's using um well antimatter to fly and they're like we can't test the stuff so we're just gonna have to ground you so then he's like well we have to figure out a way to do this you know and so johnny's like oh well i want to come otherwise i'll rat you out so they're like okay like yeah like well we don't know a pilot and like johnny's like i know a pilot and so then they get ben Grimm. like that was the one thing that really irked me is johnny knew ben Grimm, and then when sue was like how did you know this guy he's like i don't know like like they never they never say how he knew him first off and i hate that just in the fact in general that it's like it works so much better with ben being friends with reed that's just all there is to it like all this other stuff that happens you know between them it just works better with them being friends with them not being friends to begin with and just being strangers it's like his best friend turning him into a giant rock monster versus turning a giant, you know, stranger to a giant rock monster. It just doesn't work the same. So like that, that that's the only downside to this book. Otherwise I really loved it. I miss these characters and I'm glad I ended up reading this cause I skipped out on the Spider-Man one, which it's like, boy, if I didn't, I'd be sitting on like a hundred bucks right now. Just, you know, having that, but Whatever, this is still really good, and I'd recommend it. And I'm going to give it a 8 out of 10. All right. I thought about picking it up, but again, like, had it been a lighter week, I probably would have. Yeah. If if you guys, if you still have it at the shop, I'd say check it out. Right on. Okay, next for me is The Mighty Valkyries, number two. This is written by Jason Aaron and Torin Gronbeck. And... Um, Art is done by Matt Matea de Ulis. Gosh, I'm so sorry about that. And then uh, the Runa stuff is done by Torn Gronbeck with art by Erica Dierso. And again, I really like this issue, man. It's nice to say. Kind of get some background on more which is loki's grandson that's the two souls that combine to make the wolf um but man this all that stuff about more in this is just like crazy norse mythology stuff that i love and the art uh that you get is just insane 
But anyway, Moore is just like telling his story to Jane. And he's like, look, I'm not really like Loki told you I'm a bad guy, but uh, this is my first time being free. Like when I was born, Loki chained me up in a cage and let me see any of the world. So I've never done anything good or bad. I've just existed. So uh, don't believe Loki. So now it's kind of like, who do we believe? Loki or Loki's grand grandsons, grandchildren, uh, grandchildren. But anyway, meanwhile, Runa breaks that seer out of prison and... I get it says Yarn uh, Bjorn, which is her big old axe, is one of three weapons that can break said magical barrier. So she breaks him out. And since he's a seer, he knows which way to go for them to escape. So that happens. And then uh, the issue kind of ends with a surprise character showing up who I, I wasn't really expecting uh craven so that's exciting stuff because big surprise craven wants to (laughs) hunt and kill the big old wolf that's running around new york city right it makes total sense um but man i don't know i don't know if this will show but how good is that art that is pretty awesome yeah i know it's not really showing up but uh but man like the whole the whole series is just that good so far and it's very refreshing but yeah i love this the stuff with runa which took place in the middle uh i was so like deep in the lore of what's going on with more and uh you want more i did want more uh like i was so deep in that that like having a couple pages of runa right in the middle kind of took me out of it so i'm gonna give this a nine out of ten just for that reason uh otherwise it was it was awesome and i can't wait to see where it goes next so all right i have two quick questions and these are like genuine questions do you think the stuff with the valkyrie that's with the seer is going to end up messing with you know like those two stories are going to connect or they're going to be still separate i think they will connect because the only reason it cut to runa is more was like well, who are you? And Jane's like, I'm a Valkyrie. And he's like, okay, well, why, why isn't the rest of your army of Valkyries here to bring me in? And Jane's like, well, I'm the last one, except for one other. And then it cuts to Runa. So like at some point they have to connect. It's just, I gotcha. who knows when that'll happen. All right. And then since you mentioned her axe, do you like, because, and then Jane's got that, is it a sword or is it like a dagger that's special? Uh, it's like a mace that can transform oh, okay. into anything. Like, I mean, is it very like? Are they like basically Mjolnir light with the Valkyrie weapons and you know? Yeah, they are. Um, I mean, Jason Aaron is basically saying Yarnbjorn is nearly Mjolnir level. The only difference is Mjolnir houses a cosmic storm. Um, but both were forged in Nidavellir by the dwarves, so therefore they're they're like they're like S tier weapons. Um, Mjolnir is just like S plus tier. I gotcha. All right. 
right. And for me, the next book is number 36, Runaways, Rainbow Rowell and Andres Ginolette on the art. And yeah, again, I really like this. It's got the, uh, it's got a lot of stuff that happened in old school runaways. Like that's one thing that I, I always talk about. Rainbow does well. She ta- brings stuff up that happened way in the past and uses it again. So like you get Gert from the future and she's got some superpowers because when she showed up in the future, spoiler alert, when she died in the earlier series and you know, future her dies, she was like the best Avenger and it never made sense because she was a regular person in the comics so you never really and like now she's like kind of here and she's got all these different kind of like little power things going on she's time traveling and she's trying to hook up with chase and yeah it was uh it was pretty good like it's just a fun book and it's one of those things where it's like there's these there's times where there's books that are like really chatty and you're like my god this writer just loves to you know loves them you know hear him hear themselves right and like this that's all this book like this book like when there's action you're like oh yeah they do fight crime (laughs) (laughs) but it's still really good and so like their dialogue's really good and i just i really like it i'm gonna give it an eight out of ten sweet um i've just got the floor we read together hey guys so i also read stillwater number seven by chip zadarsky and ramon k perez and this issue picks up where the last one left off. If you remember, I don't even know if I said this, but the last issue ended with a big explosion and the uh, sheriff's marine buddies coming in to help help the sheriff kind of take care of things. And then the main character, I forget his name, is trying to you know run off with his mom. They get found though, and he has to fight a marine dude and then a surprising person saves him and it's this big big reveal at the end which was crazy cool this issue was crazy cool Ramon's art is again I'm just gonna go use crazy cool and Chip's writing is also fantastic see I didn't go crazy cool with that one I really like it I love this series I'm gonna give it a 9 out of 10 it's just been enjoyable as heck so yeah check it out and now we'll go back to the regular podcast bye all right so my last one is ultra mega um i don't know why i did that voice it's pretty spooky though but um it's ultra mega number three by james heron with dave stewart on i think just the colors yeah dave stewart on the colors we get a little bit more of the stuff with the you know the uh monster that killed all the older megas and you know the mom of that monster and oh the the kid that got captured last issue and he's fighting this like gladiatory uh gladiatorial thing and whatnot and it's it's awesome like the fights that happen in it the the art is bonkers this is not the book that i signed up for though whenever uh I was like, oh, I I want to read this, and then I got it. I'm like, this is it's still really crazy and good, but boy, not what I expected <laughs> from that first issue because stuff has just gotten completely different, completely crazy since then. And I'm here for this roller coaster of a ride, and I'm loving it. 
and I'm going to give this a 10 out of 10. Nice. Okay. So correct me if you want to do this another right. way, but I was thinking Wolverine, Shang-Chi, Catwoman, Wonder Girl. Uh, let's go Marvel, DC, Marvel. So we can do like Wolverine, Catwoman, Shang, Wonder Girl. Sounds All good. Right. All right. Wolverine number 12, which was written by Ben Percy. And uh, the art was done by Scott Eaton. Oh, with also J.P. Mayer and Oren Jr. on a couple of the pages. All right, Casey, what do you think? I really love the art. The story is pretty bonkers, all the different stuff that happens. The uh, Forge making her, like the girl, uh, like uh, basically a vampire armor suit thing was crazy. And Omega Red being in that, like this Omega Red's just really cool in this. The ending part when they kind of are like sneak up on the vampires and do this i'm not gonna spoil what they do but when they do that stuff i thought that seemed a little rushed but all in all i thought it was really fun i did too the part you know with how wolverine got there was really confusing it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like they left out a page explaining stuff so I'm just like, how do we get from here to here? But yeah, uh, but overall, it was really cool, and I'm all about this Wolverine fighting vampire stuff. Uh, you know, Omega Red, Dracula, the day armor for the vampire—it's all just a crazy fun time. And I, I'm really glad I started to read this book only thing that would make it better is if this was the 90s because think about how stupid and crazy fun it would be wolverine with a vampire girl fighting vampires in the 90s i know i know (laughs) i agree with you um but yeah it was because of like the rushed ending yeah i gotta i gotta give it like a seven because uh, I had to like read it a couple of times to try and work it together and I still couldn't but other than that I thought it was great yeah I'm going to give it an 8 because it's like for me it's just kind of like it's exactly what I expect a book about Wolverine fighting vampires to be it doesn't have to make sense it doesn't have to be you know it's just kind of goofy and it's like yeah some of it's pretty out there like and it's also kind of weird how it jumps around but it is what it is. It's Wolverine fighting vampires. Yep. I still wish Blade was there, though. Like, come on. <laughs> I, I think it's crazy that he's not. All right. All so right. next is Catwoman, number 31 by Ram V with Fernando Blanco on the art. And yeah. What'd you think, bud? I, I loved it. I like this book a lot yeah like this is kind of exactly what you want from a cat one book in my opinion it was just like oh yeah i pulled the heist here's how i did it and it was just like every heist movie but it was awesome the only part that i was like really kind of not take i didn't i didn't really love too much was the stuff and it's like just story building but with the dude that you know she's gonna be going after 
the guy, you know, the, the guy that's the big bad guy for this arc or whatever, you know, and he's like got his robo girlfriend in his room, you know, like that guy, like the stuff yeah. with him at the end. I'm like, I'm not too interested in this stuff, but other than that, I really, really liked it. And it's kind okay, of crazy. So, with- real quick. I, I could be crazy, but isn't this the same guy that's doing the magistrate stuff in Batman? I don't know. Like, cause the name seems different. Really? I thought, I thought it was I thought the same. It might be, maybe I'm just crazy. Maybe I'm just bad with names, which is a fact. So. Well, either way, uh, it's real cool stuff. Like clearly, uh, Ivy, as she's going by now, she dropped the poison, uh, was pretty messed up from whatever they did to her. So I'm looking forward to to seeing her. I don't I don't know if she is going to get back to normal or if she's just going in a new direction now. But either way, it's all pretty interesting stuff. But I mean, this this is just a DC Comics heist movie. And yeah. God, you know, I'll take that any day same dude it's like i said it was pretty fantastic i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten it wasn't perfect but it was about as close as you can be to perfect without being perfect yeah and i'm i'm there with you nine out of ten all right if you want i can take point on this one because i figured you'd want to on wonder girl sure go for it (laughs) so uh shang chi versus the marvel universe and this is by gene luen yang and Dyke ran and so yeah it starts off with like you know the flash forward it's like oh we're fighting spider-man and you know sister's like ah i want to kill him and then it goes back to his date with the girl from the last series which i'm glad that that they included that because i like that you know interaction from the other one and then so now he's teaming up with spider-man and they kind of talk about the, the times where you know shang taught him some kung fu and stuff and i love that yeah that was great because it's just like it isn't touched on and then he's like oh i should be i should practice it more i just don't and it's like yeah well you should dummy and yeah it's it's really cool and you know next time we're gonna have him fight captain america looks like what'd you think of this series i thought it was great i wasn't really that familiar with ruan's art but man it's like it really, I thought it was Olivier Coipel, and I had to like uh, check the, the credits to see that it wasn't him. But man, the art's so good. But mm-hmm. I like the uh, the stuff with the, the root, you know, and how that infects yeah. people and turns them into monsters. I thought that was cool. I like the interaction with Spider-Man. And this, this just shows how good of a writer Gene is because... You know, we love how he writes Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. He can write Shang-Chi, he can write Spider-Man. The dude's just a really good writer. Yeah, I am really interested in seeing how he writes Captain America. Captain America's harder to write than I think all those other ones to make him interesting because let's face it, he's kind of boring and it's just like he has like cool stuff around him that makes him more interesting. So like I'm really interested in seeing how he writes Captain America on the next issue. But yeah, I really like this issue and I mean, it's going to be a nine for me. Uh, don't have too much to gripe about, but I don't know. It just didn't feel quite like a 10, but I still really loved it. And I am going to go ahead and give it a 10. 
uh, I don't know if I just didn't have like high expectations or something, but by the time I was finished, I was like, oh man, I love that. That was great. So nice. All right. And our last one is Wonder Girl number one. And this was done by Joel Jones and the colors by Jordi Belair. I don't know about you, Casey, but I thought this was an absolute knockout of an issue. Mm-hmm. That art, like the story itself is good, but my goodness, that art just makes this like, if you were like to put the art and the story side by side, you'd be like, this story's terrible compared to that art. Cause right. that art is so amazing. So we get, uh, let's see. Yara is, uh, Yara. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to go to Brazil because that's where she was born and she wants to take a tour and learn more about it. And then meanwhile, we kind of get to see um, three different spots and that's the Mascara, Mount Olympus, and then uh, Bana, Ana Migdal. I don't know how you pronounce it, but kind of just where all of the... Uh, different amazon groups are from and then obviously zeus has a part in the amazon so they got to show mount olympus too but uh mm-hmm. but yeah the, 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 there was lots of build-up in this and then we get to see yara uh be a hero and save a couple people from an accident but man what really like i was already hooked but then these last couple pages with the spoiler alert, the siren showing up, it's like, I can't wait to see what happens next. Cause yeah, looking at that last page, I think it's pretty terrifying. Like I, I have it, a pretty big fear of like open bodies of water anyway. So like picturing being in this scenario with this crazy looking siren underneath, like it was genuinely creepy and I can't wait to see what happens next. And I mean, this is like a huge compliment, but this is like that last picture. It gives me big time Jay Lee vibes. Yeah, I could see that for sure. And um, yeah, but I loved it. Yeah, every everything about this was great. If, uh, if, if you guys need a new book to read or, or just, you know, if you if you never listened to us before about picking up a book, make it be right now and get this book because it's super cool. It's a great jumping on point. Uh, 10 out of 10 for me. Yep, same here. It's what you want from a first issue. Like even if we hadn't read the Future State stuff, we could just, you you know, pick this up and be like, oh, okay, this I like this character. She's cool. Yeah, because literally the only tie into the Future State stuff is the airport scene and that was like one page right so yeah yeah normally first issues are just world building and this is where the story's going but this was genuinely um like a good hook so i loved it all right casey which books are you excited for next week so i'm excited for batman and superman better ray bill and then TMNT Last Ronin. What about you, buddy? Um, I'm going to go Milestone Returns. And then, <laughs> oh, that's your dog's tail. <laughs> it is. She's on, the, she's on the bed now. She's like 
woke up and she's going to make herself a nice bet. So I'm just going to show her, show her off. There you go. You want to see podcast dog? There she is. (laughs) She's the new co-host. She is. Uh, Anyway, I'm going to go with milestone returns because Casey and I have been hyped for that for quite some time now. And then I will say Robin and let's see uh the new witcher series i i didn't care for how the last one ended but i liked all the rest of it and it is the same writer so i have i have hopes that this one will be good so i hope i hope someone comes into the shop and they go to buy that book and they just go toss a coin to your witcher and they just like flip you uh like a whole like sacagawea coin If that happens, I'll know that you sent them in to do it. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, he paid us in Sacagawea coins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Here you're Fantastic Four. So it's Fantastic Four time. And I saw I saw this last week, but then I was like, I came up with the other one. So I was like, I'll use it for this week. The what the DC shooter, like the like I think he was a sniper. He killed a bunch of people, like uh, innocent people, and he's in jail now. But he's getting his own documentary that he gets to narrate from jail. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. But why don't you give me four supervillains that you'd be like, if you know they were real, you'd be like, yeah, I want to hear them talk about the terrible things they've done. That'll be fun. Sure. So the first one would be Doom. Because I think he would make it interesting. And you know that the production would be over the top <laughs> now really quick too I just, I just thought of this added part give us the name of the documentaries too if you if you can oh, come up with come them on. <laughs> i need time to think about that um i i, I don't know second would be loki um just because he's gonna make it sound way crazier than whatever it was and uh i love his theatrics so Third is kind of kind of the wild card, and that's going to be Condiment King, um, nice. <laughs> just because I feel like you need a wacky one in there, and we need to know why he's still being a super villain. He yeah. must have a reason. And finally, also because it'd be fun, would be Doctor Robotnik from Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, he's kind of up there with like Doom and Loki. He likes the theatrics. Uh, he would make himself sound like, you know, whatever he's doing is for the greater good. The greater good. Right. And yeah. What about you, man? So I'd go Lex Luthor. That's the first one that comes to mind because he a hundred percent. It's like you killed that bus full of kids and he'll be like, he'll have like the perfect explanation why he did it. And you'd be like, <laughs> okay, that checks out. Right. Um, and then I think like Carn like Cleus Cassidy, that's right up there with the you know, DC sniper guy where it's like, oh yeah, you're just a psychopath. This'll be interesting. Yeah. Um and then I think it'd be funny for like Galactus. <laughs> just be like, I was just really hungry. <laughs> and that's the whole thing. Yeah, he's like, I am have you guys ever just been like, I need something to eat. 
and then you wipe out a whole civilization. No, just me. Okay. <laughs> and then, I mean, we kind of get this in Starman, but the shade uh, documentary about him, just his life career and all that stuff. That. Yeah. That one would just be like, these other ones are there. They're a psychopath. He's like a gentleman thief. <laughs> he is. And we already know that his journal is great. So yeah like the best-selling journal comes <laughs> <laughs> the documentary <laughs> all right well i think that brings us to the end of the episode <clears throat> so let's do our plugs guys if you would please go to facebook.com slash tools podcast and give the page a like you can also find us on uh, Twitter at two underscore worlds underscore PC and on Instagram at two worlds pod. You can also email us at two worlds podcast at gmail.com. And please also go to our YouTube like, and subscribe, uh, get those notifications on for new episodes. Uh, just help out the old algorithm. Yeah. Comment um, what the titles of each of our super villain documentaries should be. Yes. We definitely want to know. Pawnier the better. And then lastly, if you would, please like and review us five stars wherever you're listening to this. And we'd love to stay in chat, but we've got a frolic through the field or something. <laughs> it's been a day or two since I've seen Jimmy Neutron. Bye, guys. Bye.